Hey, this is Coach Derek. Welcome to the third episode of the Soapboxing Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Fresh, and we got some uh, in-studio guests here um, from Dinas Boxing Academy. We got David Dinas and Sergio Dinas. How you doing, fellas? Good, good. How's it going, guys? Good. <clears throat> well, before we get to the show, I want to go ahead and thank our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile Unique. If you're looking to get any dental work, cavities, crowns, full veneers, head over to uh, Dr. Kumar and Sherry over at 19355 Katy Freeway, Suite 600, Crossroads, our greenhouse and I-10, Houston, Texas, 77094. They'll get you hooked up and get a million-dollar smile on a budget. Their phone number is 832-391-8660. We got a, we got some guests here today. Got the Donis brothers Man. down the street. Donis boxing. Excited to have y'all in today. Same. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, bye guys. Same here. Yeah, we just we we offering a platform for everybody uh, here locally in Houston uh, for all things boxing. And I I naturally reached out to you guys and uh, tell us a little bit about y'all beginnings. David, I know you was a. Uh, a successful amateur and a, a professional champion, NABF champion, defended it uh, several times. Uh, give me a little background about about how you got started in boxing. Well, I originally started off uh, about 12 years old. I know that when we we started both me me and my brother. You know, we um, we started doing martial arts. With, they used to train us, and from like from like four to like maybe 11, 12 years old. And then one day, I don't know what happened, but we were at some apartments that we um, decided to um, switch it to boxing. And um, mm-hmm. we decided to switch it to boxing. And then my brother, I don't know if I told him, I, I don't remember the exact details, but I, I kind of remember telling him, hey man, you know, go through the, the list of boxing gyms. He went through a bunch of them and Heights Boxing Gym came up. And we went from there, and then we just started my career, you know. Both of us started, and we that, both pretty much... I, the Heights Boxing Gym, who, who, who was that? You know, I, I'm not from here originally. The Heights Boxing Gym is... Uh, who was all there? Um, there was a lot of guys. Uh, Pete Santos, uh, Gary Simons, Pops, my trainer, which also known as uh, Furman Richards. Bill Benton. Bill Benton. There, there was the the Savannas were there too. So this is before this main is, main this boxing before, gym. Or? Yeah, way yeah, this before. Was before. Way before. Man, there's a lot of big names in that gym. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard I've heard of the Heights Gym. Of yeah. course, every everyone who has any uh, validity here, I hear that name, but I, I don't know. You know, I got here about two thousand. Two thousand yeah. Heights Boxing Gym. Think of it as like the gym most boxers would go to. I mean, you would see Evander Holyfield. In there, a lot, a lot of um, up-and-coming boxers, a lot of champions, a lot of guys from Mexico uh, coming in to get sparring. I mean, it, everybody, it was a renowned gym. like a hub, a hub here in Houston. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And you said pops, so you gravitated to pops. I, I've heard nothing but good, good words about pops. What you said his real name was? Furman Richards. Furman Richards. Gra- you guys gravitated to him. He gravitated to you. What happened? Man, at first, you know, um, I was supposed to be training with him. <laughs> I wasn't, but my father didn't really like that. He wanted me to train with some other guys, but I didn't end up doing it. I, I said, look, I like the group. It doesn't have a coach. That it was. We went there one night. Uh-huh. My brother, 
my, my dad and me went there and we saw a bunch of group, right? We saw a group and we're like, damn, you know, so me, I was like, who's the main coach to that group? There was a group of fighters and everybody else had their own, you know, trainers and everything. But there was a particular group that was moving around slick and smooth. I'm like, well, damn, they look good. And then boxer, boxer, yeah, style. yeah. But I didn't know, I didn't know about styles. But since we, me and my brother, we grew up fighting, we just kind of like, damn, yeah, you know, to you. Yeah, I'm like, dang, you know, the Hispanics were like more, uh, the Hispanics and some whites in there were more uh, giving, uh, yeah, just more like stiff. They were stiffer. Mm-hmm. They were stiff compared to the other fighters, and that's the mainly were blacks, and then a couple of um, Hispanics in it. But anyway, so the. So we asked, like, where's the main coach? The main coach is coming the following day. We met him, and then my dad was kind of like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know about this. I said, Dad, just give it a chance, you know? He goes, okay, son. So he stayed quiet for, like, for like. remember, my coach was black. He stayed quiet for about a good six months. He would say little small comments because the Hispanics would come around, hey, Man, he's sure gonna be a hell of a dancer because that's all we see him doing is just doing dancing moves. When's he gonna learn how to box? And then, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, that was my people, that was Hispanic people telling him, hey, you know, because meanwhile, I, meanwhile you getting rhythm. Meanwhile, man, I yeah. was, I was, because it's all about coordination. You right. coordinate, you have to, you know, they have to go together. You can't throw an arm and leave your body behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain punches you can, but certain things, you know, that's, it, that's heavy. I like that. Man, I might steal that. What? Uh, you can't throw your arm and leave your body behind. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. They, 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 get, they get crazy. You can steal it, though, man. Uh, uh, just don't steal all of them. <laughs> <laughs> now I got tons. They, just come they, they, got, they come out, so you can steal as many as you want. But anyway, so my coach did it. You know, my coach is an unbelievable coach. Like, he was one of those coaches that it's like, like, he didn't like the fame. He just loved, he had a passion for boxing and he loved doing it. Of course, he had a family, worked at the post office. He was a, a former vet, right? Yeah, he was a vet. He was a vet. <clears throat> um, so he didn't really need the money, you know? He was just doing it for fun, you know? And then... Um, passion. But it was, yeah, it was passion. Yeah, it was beyond fun. It was passion. He was so passionate about it. He, he knew the history. He knew everything. He just... An un, it's an untold story that, you know... Is that uh, surgery? That's about how it went, or what? You was right That's there. About how it went? David had uh, most of it, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so we've been. The truth is, we've been fighters since we were kids, and that's something my dad instilled in us. Uh, he was uh, in the Guatemalan Army, so mm. he learned uh, martial arts first. But he always had an affinity for boxing. He always wanted to learn boxing. But in Guatemala, uh, you learned uh, martial arts, right? When we moved to the states. Uh, we were, you know, just babies. So, you know, we have four sisters, and and my brother and I were living in Los Angeles, and kind of a rough place, right? So my dad, mm-hmm. he would get us up every day at five in the morning. We'd go run and just learn to punch and kick, you know, because we had to defend ourselves, including the girls. Right. Later on, uh, parents moved to Houston. I was ten. David was eleven or twelve. And that. My dad said, "Hey, instead of you know me teaching you, you know karate, uh, let, let's let's go find a dojo." Right. So then, um, next thing you know, we're we're kind of looking for for a karate gym, but you know I was looking up gym, and next thing you know, you know it's yellow pages, right. so so we see boxing. Right. And then next thing you know, we're like, 
David and I start talking with yep. like, let's, let's Yellow Pages. What is that? Yellow Book. The Yellow Book. The, the Yellow Book. These kids, these kids would be lost if you Man. had them a phone book. That yeah, killed themselves. The, the other day when you asked everybody, show me your age, yeah. I should have just said Yellow Pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Yellow Book, right? Yeah. It's called the Yellow Book. Um, so, anyway, so you guys could have easily got into. Uh, Man, we could have went to the worst gyms. I ain't gonna say no gyms, but it could have oh, been. Just karate. But karate, you guys could have got into martial arts. Or, yeah. yeah, we could have, so, but. But but, but did you want to do boxing when you came? We didn't know we wanted to do it until Sergio. We were intrigued. We, okay. we saw a boxing gym, and then my dad's like, you know, Man, that's I it. Like, so, like, so let's go. Let's go. I call y'all dad pops when I see him. So so yeah. that pops. He, yeah, he was he was eager for you guys. Oh uh, man, he was freaking. I see him in the gym whenever I'm over there. He he's all into it. He's Dirt. all into it. You know, Dirt. Dirt plus years. One, one thing that stands out, and I don't know if you remember this, even though we did martial arts, and you know we knew how to fight you know um we always my dad always watched boxing matches on tv and mm-hmm. we see all that so we'd always watch chavez and we'd always watch all these boxers so we always <clears throat> liked boxing so naturally it was like when we saw boxing in in, in the yellow pages it was like the like uh, interest. Let's interest. Go, let's go down the list. Let's find out. Go down interest, the list. Right. And that height came up out of there was other gyms but you know, I'm gonna tell my brother to keep we going. Up. And then, I'm just gonna say, yeah. How, really, how, how old is y'all uh, father? Uh, roughly? 75. 75 now? Okay. 74, okay. 75. Yeah. And so we're talking about, are we talking about the 80s? Or 80? Probably late late 80s. Yeah, my dad goes back to like Salvador Sanchez. Like he, okay. He, okay. He's, he's, he was a fan. Yeah, he was. He's, yeah. It just, just uh, martial arts was what he. he necessity yeah. in Guatemala. Yeah. Well, yeah, because in. in Boxing was not big over there. It wasn't. I don't even know. It if still it's, isn't. It uh, still isn't. Yeah. I was a. Uh, I come from a staunch, you know, with the boxing history in my family, and I remember when boxing and and, and when Karate Kid came out, I wanted to do karate, and my oh, dad, yeah. Same my us. dad laughed, but he brought me. He brought me to the karate place, and I did it for about six months or something until I said, "Well, that ain't how you throw a jab and a right hand," and that, you know, it, it made me. I said, eh, "I'm. A, I, I could beat you up." But you won't let me beat you up because I got to fight. But my dad, he was all for it too, you know. And I enjoyed it. I remember enjoying it as a kid and and and, and with the martial arts. But boxing is a a quicker way to learn how to for self. Is a quicker way to learn self defense on the streets. You know, martial arts, you can do that. For, you have to do that for centuries to be able to kick somebody in the head. Whoop-a! Yeah, you know. Yeah, you I, gotta, I wouldn't. Boxing is right there. I'm never feet. comfortable with my feet off the ground. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did it. Well, yeah. I think it's all imperative. I tell I tell parents here. Yeah, you know what? They'll say my sons was in karate, and and, and I don't knock none of them because yeah. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I try not to speak on something I don't. You know. But I think it's important, you know. Hey, that's great, you know, because I know they're exercising. I know they're disciplined. I know that you know all those things. So, uh, and plus, what pe- boxing is a martial art by definition too. It's yeah. just you know yeah. the the hand it's art. The Asian martial arts, and we right. and I consider don't steal this one. And boxing, <laughs> mm-hmm. I call it American martial arts because it's we're in America. It's like don't what other martial arts is there? Yeah, besides? that's that's we're steeped in. Uh, yeah. Well, the first champion ever was from here. Uh, John L. Sullivan was was yeah. an American. Ben Ben Knuckle guy, but but uh, I didn't mean to uh, cut you off. No, that's no, interesting no, to me. The, the no, martial arts. So so that's kind of kind of how that started, and and uh, I how, mean we just never looked back. How old were y'all when you walked into the Heights? 
I was eight, I was ten. He was eleven. I was eleven. Eleven and a half. Oh yeah, well, we're like a year and a half apart. Yeah. And so, how long did you train before you had your actual first uh, amateur fight? Um, I think almost about nine months. But it was about nine months. Yeah, nine to ten months. Not exactly, but it's not ten months. And uh, the first six months, you was a quick study then. The first six months. I was doing line drills without even punching any bags and nothing. Say that again. With the first, the first six months, I was doing line drills without even touching a bag <coughs> or a mitt or anything. Fresh, I seen what you did then. Continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I just, it's, uh, for you, inspiring yeah, boxers. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, I know you. Rewind, but look. So, but there was a kid there. The one of the main kids from the main train, one of the the well, he was considered the main trainer for the Hispanics. I'm not gonna say any names, but his son already had fights and stuff, and um, he um, I, I got in there, and and I was smaller, of course, and uh, it was it was a boxing clinic without even ever sparring, hmm. <laughs> and that guy had fights, he had sparring, he, without ever sparring, so. Yeah, so it, so and it goes. This, this got lead into what we were talking about earlier. There's all these mimicking coaches that mimic everything they see on YouTube, Instagram. Their grandmas putting on some mitts, whatever the boxing hell they're doing. Video, how to, boxing, yeah, how, how to tapes. Yeah, yeah, how to be a boxing coach. You can't, you can't learn. I mean, you can, but you can't you know, unless you. You get like someone like around like me or someone like Colin Ward, someone that has experience, been around the art for such a long time that they have to they have to understand it in order to have for, for you to copy it because you can't just copy something unless you go through it and you're taught through it. Well, I, you know, well, practical application. See, anybody, it's like it's like if you go to school to learn welding, you study what. Causes an arc, or, or you know how to work the machine and, and turn it this and that, that. But the practical part, you have to get out there and, and actually put the the stick to the metal and and get experience. And I think <clears throat> I think what happens is I I don't know I don't know if these guys even attempt to get in the gym under a coach and say, hey man. What you need me to do? I, you know, I carry the bucket, the towel, the water. That pride. Whatever that you want pride. me to do as an apprenticeship to, to, to learn. To, because the practical part. Listen, man. When the kid's in there getting the shit beat out of him, and you, don't, and you won't help him out and stop the fight because you're, you, you're embarrassed or you're too prideful, uh, that right there shows your inexperience. Because... Yeah, the practical part is what's missing when you when you when you do what you say and get on the videotapes and the YouTube and all this nonsense. And I'm not saying those things can't be valuable. I'm not saying you know I they're pick, helpful. They're yeah, helpful. yeah, I pick a little bit, but I'm just picking when I say that. But sure, if you if you had a if you had an encyclopedia uh, set of Emmanuel Stewart videotapes, I would watch every one of them. <laughs> but the thing is, the practical part. You can't fake, man. No. You, you you can't you can't fake. You got to get on the job training mm -hmm. is what yeah. I'm saying. Apprenticeship, and I think these guys should just say, "Hey, man, I want to be a trainer." You know, I, how many five foot six white men 
trained basketball players. You know, they didn't play at that level, but they put in the time. They was in the gymnasium at at at, at home, worked their way up to high school and college and all this. Do go the right way is what I'm saying. So when I pick when I pick with those guys uh, on social media and stuff, and I'm just poking. And if if I want to say your name, I would believe me. Uh, but the practical part, you can't fake, man. You can't fake, it, man. If that kid come back to the corner with his nose sideways, what you gonna do? Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there's no substitute for for the actual hands-on training. For experience, uh, like I mean, you can you can right. you can you can watch a thousand <laughs> videos, but if you have the coach there who knows what he's talking about, who can feel your energy, who know understands you're tired, who understands where you're at mentally, physically, who can coach you versus pressing play and having some. Well, I told a guy like this, man. If you watch a, a thousand videotapes of open heart surgery, you think I could give you a scalpel? Right. right. And and somebody and you can't do that. No, That's you can't. You can't do that, man. You got to be hands on. And I think for the most part, especially in boxing, it's a lot of it's a lot of girl shit goes on in boxing. But for the most part, if a guy gets in the gym and he shows a coach, he's trying to learn. He wants to. Most coaches, they, they enjoy teaching. They enjoy showing somebody, look, man, this, that, and the third, you know? That's 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 the problem with that. No practical uh, experience. It's because of the pride. You know, they're not, they don't want to get that little man ego and say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to let another man teach me. I know or help me to be, become a better teacher, you and, know? And, and the problem is they're not getting hit in the head. Right. No. That's not the guy Our getting kids. hit in the head. You know, the, the the worst thing about it is, I see a lot of these coaches, and well, I can't say a lot. They, you know, Houston does have a lot of good coaches, but then it also has a lot of bad coaches. So 50-50. and they're making these guys do stuff that they never did before. That's not good. Mm. No experience at yeah, all. Hey, who you had? Well, uh, how? <laughs> Uh, this from the video, you know, I saw. <laughs> they, they ain't gonna say that, but um, okay. So boxing, a good foundation in boxing, you can have so many different styles come out of that one good foundation. It's like having a, a you know a universal Lego piece. You can fit it anywhere, but in order to fit it anywhere, you gotta have a good platform to be able to fit it anywhere. And that comes from experience. I follow what you're saying. Fundamentals. You yeah, got a solid fundamental base. So, yeah. so let's go back to your amateur career. <clears throat> you got in there. You put on a clinic with uh, the coach's son. Oh, damn. We got off of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my now, so. Oh, go ahead. No. So, so you did that. When was your first actual amateur fight? But. Nine, ten months into it. And that was Golden Gloves. That was a show. Oh, actually, no. What happened? Oh, this is good. I'm glad you brought this up. I had a fight in Baytown with the... So I forget how dude was, but I, I fought him. I was tw- I was 12 years old by that time. I know, I remember that. 12 years old. Weighed like 75 pounds. And then um, a couple weeks later, it was a, there was silver gloves. My coach entered me into that. I was half excited as hell, you know, like most fighters are. And uh, the first night, I knocked the guy out. So my, this is my second fight within a year. I knocked my guy out. I think it was second round. He was, I'm talking about out. Not just knocked him down, out. These are kids. Yeah, they, they, I'm knocking out kids. Had the only use that. Yeah. That was a sharp shot. Yeah, it, it was, a, oh, it was nasty. But it was so, he went, I mean, literally, he fell down like a, like a sack of potato. Boom. 
and stay down there. But anyways, so the next night, so I moved on to the finals. But I remember I only had one fight going into it. I was with novice, no sub novice. I was getting sub novice. Sub novice. Well, anyways, I had freaking one fight going into the tournament. Right, my coach was not like because he, because of his um, expertise, he was very not. I, I can't relate to that. <laughs> Are you crazy? So look, so he was such an expert in boxing that they, they hated that all his fighters were good. Even even his worst fighters were better than most good fighters around the freaking um, association, mm-hmm. and that's crazy. But okay. no, I, I was I was gonna hogging back to uh, just luck of the drunk chance that yeah. I walked into that gym and you grabbed. Oh, but, but I didn't finish the story of that because we almost. Took off, but damn, that's another story. But like, so I'm six to one. All right, so that following day, so I moved to the finals, but I didn't know I, I, they put me into the open finals. Twelve years old, went from sub novice to, to open, open on my third fight. But my coach wasn't having it. He like, oh no, nah, because he knew about this guy. There was a bad, there was a bad Hispanic coach back then. He used to make some good fighters. The Nunez, the Nunez yeah. boxing team. Oh man, that boy, he could. There, there were brothers too. I think it was two or three brothers, and um, this coach was his. His name was, I think uh, it was Coach Nunez, and the Nunez brothers. Man, I mean, they they were not around like, anymore. No, nah. they're not. They're around, but they're, they're not around. They, they. I think the last time I saw when the Nunez brothers was um, at Lee Canalito's gym but I mean those guys were just awesome fighters I mean they were solid yeah they were fundamentally sound like good team yeah so check, so check it out so we're going back into that fundamentally sound right my coach was like nah he's not fighting and I'm like begging him like pops please I don't care I mean, he's like no son he's, he has too much experience in this and I'm like pops I don't care I want to fight and then my, my coach was like nah nah and then his son, I talked to his son, Richard. His name is Richard, too. I'm like, Richard, man, please tell Pops, tell him I want to fight him. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so he went over there. He said, this is what he told me, because I wasn't around. But he told, me, he told me he told this to Pops. Pops, you know what you teach. Let him have it. But remember, this guy had like 50-some fights. 50-some fights. And me going on my third fight. Open, boom, right there. Remember we talked about sound, sound fundamentals, right? Right. Beautiful. I mean, you can just tell right off the round. I mean, this boy about to get killed. Me. You can just tell the way he scooted out there, just smooth. He, his jabs look like just a pistol. Just beautiful, you know. But guess what? I was one ugly ass fighter. <laughs> but but with with because my my leg, my body hadn't developed yet. I had my hands up. I walked him down. The whole fight, I was on him like a tick on a horse. Hmm. I was on him. <laughs> I, I beat him. My coach, my coach was shocked. I wasn't shocked. Yeah, I was, it, 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 wasn't, it was a unanimous decision because, yeah. like, David was on them every single round. They didn't let him ring. This was an experience. Wow. Fire. And, yeah. And, uh, it, it was awesome. It was I remember, awesome. I remember, it, uh, go ahead. To even, to even, uh, pull something off like that, you have to be, uh, uh which is fundamental sign because, you uh, have to, uh, yeah. A, a more experienced mm-hmm. guy is going to take advantage of bad balance and, and, and bad positioning. That shit, that was something right there, man. Yeah. That's nice. It, one thing Pops always used to say, and, I, and I'm always, you know, I always repeat this is, you know, you hear, you know, practice makes perfect all the time, but my coach used to disagree with that, our coach. He used to say, no, son, perfect practice equals perfection. Yeah. Mm, so, that's true. So it didn't matter, you, you know, I, 
who came into the gym, if you weren't practicing the correct form, you weren't going to get in the ring. That's, that's the way it was. A thousand percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand percent. Yeah, we, we have a lot of these kids and adults who walk into this gym. No, oh, man. I want to turn pro. You ever oh. before? No. What do I got to do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to get you about 30. Just tell me you got to get you about 30 amateur fights. Go to another gym. No, you no, I, got, I got slick with that. I'm like, we'll get you about 30 fights. Do you know how long 30 fights takes to get? Mm. About three, four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm like, that right. Mm-hmm. And they, they go. But anyway, one, one thing too, um, that, uh, I know my coach. I know going back to the fight because because my coach he's such a he was such a big motivator. I mean, crazy motivator. He pretty much in the middle. It was the second round. I mean, I, I, I let. I'm talking about. I let my gas go. Pedal to the metal. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. That's the way they say, right? Mm-hmm. I let it go on this guy because I, I wanted it. I didn't know who he was. I just said I wanted him, you know. And then sometimes I, it's better that way, not knowing what you. No, it's into. always better that way. It's always well, yeah, I, I'm just a rule of thumb for me. Uh, Coach, why it takes you so long to fight people? Uh, the opinions of people oh. that see my kids spar six months in and say, well, shit, he's fighting, huh? No, nah, he ain't fighting. Ah, what you mean? It's a, you know, opinions is, you know, assholes. Everybody got them. But I, say, I, I think to myself, <clears throat> my kid, especially in a, a tournament situation, I don't know who we fight, right? <clears throat> so, just because this kid has no fights doesn't mean he hadn't been boxing uh, five, five years and went to jail, went to juvie jail, came out, you know. I have to be a thousand percent confident that short of getting clipped, because anybody can be clipped, any situation he's in, he'll be able to remain, remain calm under fire, right? And protect himself. So, we see it all the time at the fights. You know, a kid gets in there and he's fucking panicking uh, 30 seconds in, you know, and then he gets stopped and then this poor kid, he goes home, thinks he can't be a fighter now. No, son, you need a coach. That's your problem, you know. you Walking down there, I don't care if you was crying getting in the ring, <laughs> but you got in the ring, right? And you, and you put the gloves on, you threw punches. All right, son, nah, the problem isn't you. You shouldn't have been here yet. That's all. Back to what you're saying with, with your guy saying, okay, if, if, if your trainer made the decision to allow you to do that, he was, even if he was apprehensive, I'm, I'm guessing he was uh, confident. Well, well he ain't going to get walked over right. regardless yeah. of who it is, you know. Yeah. His son did, did play a big role in that because my, my coach is not as cocky as me. I'm, I'm going to guess I wouldn't have did that. Yeah, you, no, you, you would have been no. telling me that, and I was saying that, no. But I, I, but I have done it because of my experience, because of what happened. My my nephew, Alex Donis, I put him in there with eleven fights to fight Tiger. He had over like supposedly two hundred some fights. Coach was telling me like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, uh, "I'm gonna do something that most people won't do. I'm gonna test what I know. I, I you know, I've been doing." Right. I didn't know my nephew. Wasn't ready mentally. He wasn't mentally tough. So he got scraped up. You know, which is, the which first, is huge. Though. The first yeah. fight, which is huge. Yeah. A week. <clears throat> a week later. Yeah. A week later, I'm like, well, after fight, I'm like, do you want to fight anymore? And I said some aggressive words. I'm like, do you want to fight anymore? Because this is not. This is not for girls. This is not for little baby girls right here. You gotta, have to, you know, get out there and fight. Yes, Steel. I'm like, I'm gonna get a match next week. The next week, 
we made I made some adjustments. It was a split decision. The first one was a unanimous decision for Tiger. Mm-hmm. Second one, it was a split split decision. A year later, unanimous. It flipped. Everything flipped. But that's because it takes time right. to build fighters like like you. Like I, I'm telling you, like I told we, we were talking. We talked about this in my gym, <clears throat> Coach D. You know, like you know, I mean, I. I I got respect for a lot of coaches around here. I got respect for all coaches. You know, maybe some I, you know, I wouldn't <coughs> have a conversation with, but I still, if I see them, I'll shake their hand and be like, hey, what's up, enemy? I like, you, you good. You know? You good. <laughs> what's, so, up, what's up, enemy? <laughs> You're good. You're good. Chill your face. But Coach Derek, and I've been doing them, I'll I, I probably first one man him out of anybody. I mean, he probably missed some other people, but. Not many. But easy. I saw him in Stafford, right? Yeah. I went over to his gym. I'm like, okay, I like the little setup here. And uh, over the years, I'm like, man, I'm trying to figure out how, how, how his, what type of style he has. But I could never get it. But then one day, just landed on me. I'm like, he, I know what it is. And we we talked about it over there. I'm like, he's got that European style. You got that European style, right, Sergio? Like, he, if you look at his fighters, he, look, he's got a, you got a throwback style. Look at look at the look at the styles, yeah, like, and, and they go back to the throwback. Yeah. Yeah, that's because the trainer who trained my uncle's uncle was born in 1891. <laughs> okay. And then my my uncle's seven. My uncle who trained all us to fight was is 70 this year. Yeah. So his uncle was born in like 1919. It is it is throwback training. It's very. And David had said that. He said, you know what, Coach, I know, I see what you're doing. You know, you got to look at Joe Lewis. You got to look at some of the greats, and, and you'll see it. Minimal mm-hmm. movement, uh, no wasted movement. Efficiency. Efficiency yeah, is just, what I'm trying to say. It but, was, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a lot of the conventional. Speaking of that, Pops used to say, son, you know what we're doing? You know, the goal is, is uh, how, how did he put it? He would say, uh, boxing is the efficiency of motion. Mm-hmm. He would say, "You want to be as efficient as you, as you can when you punch, and every every movement means something. It's not you're not out there dancing, even those refer to that. Right. You're out, you're setting something up. Right. You know, your guys don't know. Your opponent won't know. You know but. David has told me that he said, "I figured you out." And I said, "Yeah, you know, because nobody, you know, I'm, I'm, it's an advantage being here." Because I'm I'm different or, or come from a different school of boxing, right. it's an advantage if nothing else, just because it's not what everybody else is doing. But still, fundamentally, son, and, and and you know you got to go look at Carlos Monzon. You got to go look at some real fighters to see yep. the, the the level of trait. You know Willie Pastrana, all them great New Orleans fighters that <clears throat> that my boxing comes from. That you just don't see it anymore. Right. That normally, normally, right. don't get me wrong. You yeah. you know you go to several. I'm not saying. I'm special or unheard of or anything, but I, it, it is a throwback. Like you said, I, I my dad was born in 1923, bro. He fought <clears throat> he fought amateur in the service as a heavyweight in the 40s, right? <clears throat> a lot of this new shit, <clears throat> I don't look at it and go, I ain't doing that because that would be foolish, right? Because some things get updated and it's better. But I'm not easily convinced. Hold on, what are you saying about updated? You said that. I don't, I don't, I don't just... <clears throat> all the new stuff going on in boxing, I don't oh. just disregard it because some of it, right? Could, could uh, fit in. I, it, I agree with it. Could fit in some stuff. But I, I see. I see what you're saying. You're it, saying it, like there's some. Well, let me just say there's a bunch of bullshit out there. No, I agree with right? that too. 
Uh, but then there there's some things that your style, what you grew up learning, that could fit into it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it, when I was a kid, right, I don't remember ever seeing a pair of boxing mitts, ever. Because my dad or, 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 or my uncle, he put on boxing gloves. And you mimic the uh, fight. And, and his boxing gloves was the mitts you would throw. Yeah. And, it, and, and that has everything to do with how I do mitts. You know, with those glove type mitts. It's because I'm trying to do my best at mimicking the situation. Right. And so. <clears throat> well, I'm glad we're talking about mitts because I'm going I'm going to talk. I remember the only mitts I ever seen when they first came around was the Everlast with a little. You couldn't yeah. grip them on your hand. You hit them and they'll fly off your hand. Who needs mm -hmm. that shit? Give me some boxing gloves and we get yep. mimic a fight. But now, is mitt work important? I say, yeah, absolutely, there. it's important. So, so I had to say, okay. But it, it's still about in my world. It's still about efficiency. It's still about uh, correct punching and, and, and weight distribution. And, and 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 so I don't I don't I don't look at things and glide as nonsense. I look at it, analyze it, see if it fits. See, that's where I'm at. Anyway. That, that, that's a good fundamental, and it's an old school fundamental. Like the the mitts probably one of the last things you would see. And one of the things Pops used to say was, "Let me sharpen your knives up mm -hmm. when you put on the mitts." Meaning, oh, yeah. you already did all the work. Let me see if that sound I'm looking for. If you're shifting away, you all know you're doing yeah. it right. There's a particular and sound. And, and that, that's a lot different that's than true. all these. I never thought of it like that. That's true. Like, think yeah. about this. There's a. Right? Yeah. And then. It's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a difference. So, I mean, that, that's just old school boxing. You know, now you see all these mitts, you know, the mitt work on, on YouTube, all these YouTube coaches out there. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> The world, the world yeah. needs a you know, I call them YouTube certified coaches. They get mad when I say that. I'm like, damn, I didn't even say nobody's name. They get mad. Nah, they, because it shows. It shows. But, and, and again, Sergio, mm -hmm. it's not about knocking mid work. Mm -hmm. I, listen, man, listen, man. When 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 we're doing a media day and it's a camera on, that shit looks good, yeah. man. Because yeah. to the average guy, uh, average viewer, fan, That's what man, you is. see that? You see that? Oh, yeah. he's ready. He's that. But I would I would say uh, like you guys train. Let me hear that sound. Are <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, you ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Let's go get a a, a YouTube certified mythologist and we'll yeah. let him perform oh, yeah. for the media because right. he's really do, the one doing most of the work. Yeah, he absolutely. He's controlling. I work them. They don't work me. But I don't, I don't knock it, man. I, it, it comes across like I am, but I, I'm, I mostly just pick. David said, "Why do it?" Say, "Coach, if they knew you, they would know it's not as arrogant as they think. You're playing." It goes back to the the videos. Uh -huh. They're useful, mitt work. There's a purpose for it, right? But people try to distort it and manipulate it and turn it into something that's really not. Well, if that's all you know, no. What, what guess that? what? That becomes your teaching, yeah. teaching fighting. Right. So, and and again. Why is that all you know? The, the only yeah. thing good, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Coach Derrick's going to probably agree with it. Well, you better not like <laughs> Look, the only good thing that the, that and I watch the videos too. You know the only thing I get out of that? It just refreshes my memory. Like, oh shit, I forgot about, right. you know, doing this certain thing. I don't mimic what they're doing. Right. I'm like, damn, I forgot about that counter and, and coming back with this and that. Well, think about it, man. How long you been boxing? How long you boxed? 
And and, and then so, of course, you forgot certain things. But I I tell you this, bro, and I may have said this on social media. (laughs) I may have said this because I say a lot of shit. Somebody bring up the video with Joe Lewis, Ali, and Roberto Duran hitting the mitts. Show me that. I've seen that before. Right? Where's those videos at? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, there is none. Okay, I follow you. So that's, you know, the point again is not that mitt work isn't important or that it doesn't serve a purpose or that you don't need it. I think you do need it. I do it. Yeah, it's very important. If you you heard what what I just said, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Roberto Duran. That's what I just said. Where's, 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 exactly, man. You got to understand the fundamental pugilism. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to have a ceiling, and once like Pee Wee football, once the little running back who's carrying the team the whole season, once he hits a certain age, middle school usually, and that team can play football, Mm. he can't outrun everybody no more. So now all of a sudden you're a loser. Well, it's not you're a loser, you just wasn't taught correct fundamentals of the game, right? Same thing with with boxing. It's the exact same thing with boxing. I'm going to tell you something about the, the mid-work again, too. Um, is that good right there? Okay, check this out. Okay, my coach was a, a firm believer in the mitts. Big time. I'm like, man, I used to... I, this is honest. This is the honest truth. Before fights, he worked me on the mitts more than he would spar me. There is advantages to it, but he, but he knew what he was doing. Like, for example, when that... But but let me let me before you finish, the reason that worked was because it was perfect execution. Yes, and and that's the thing that's messing up a lot of kids right now is they're they're trying to do a a choreographed dance. Right, right. A watered down boxing version. isn't choreographed. No, the whole part of boxing, Sergio, is for me not to go along with your shit. Right. Right? So so we beat people just because we won't do what you want us to do. You right. want me to go left, I'm going to go right. Right. Yep. Right? right? You want me to finish with this hook, I'm going to finish with a jab and keep you at bay. That's silly. But guess what? If you got a gang of people doing the same shit, oh, it looks beautiful. Everybody's going to step when everybody else steps. Everybody's going to... It's like a... What they call it? Dancing pirouette. Yep. Everybody's stepping whatever... We're trying to win. This is a fist fight, man. When he steps that way, cut him off and punch him in the mouth. Right. Right? But go ahead, brother. Nah, so I, so I just kind of like, I mean, it was beneficial to me because like my coach was not that, when I was doing 12-round fights, guess how many rounds I would do the most that I would do? Sparring? Yeah, the most. When I was getting ready for 12-round fights, guess how many rounds I would do at the most? How many? Eight. And why? You ever, you ever, you can because in, in boxing tradition, if you're gonna do twelve rounds, you can do twelve rounds. But it's something that I learned. It's not about how many rounds you go. It's about what you're doing in each round. Each round. Shoot, I, uh, can you go sprint right now? Uh, two miles? Hmm. No. no. You can jog two miles. So it's a difference. You you can prep you. I mean, you can eventually prep up to run to sprint two miles. But damn, <laughs> that takes a lot of time. But anyway, so the more story is this, that, that, and it goes back to what my brother was saying too earlier, like, the mitts, I told my fighters, and they, they, they're they like, Coach, how come you don't put us in the mitts so much? Like, what, why? I'm like, because have you executed what I showed you yet? Shadow boxing it. I asked one of my students one day, I'm like, what do y'all think 
Well, I asked a lot of them. I like, what do you think is the most important thing in boxing? They're like, sparring. I'm like, <laughs> hell no. Uh, the mitts, double hell no. Uh, hitting the bags, man, working your fundamentals, your basics. But there's, and I don't, y'all probably see me because I'm always, you know, throwing low blows out there, but there's <laughs> basics, there's basic fundamentals and there's advanced fundamentals. They look the same, but according to your experience, that's the difference. You understand? Right. I know you understand, and I know y'all do. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah. but there's a difference. Everybody's like, I'm working. On, I, I mean, I just love it. I see these videos of like working on the basics. Yeah, definitely basic right there. <laughs> you know. So it, it's so bad that even the basics look bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the basics look. Bad. And, and, and the, 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 the and the sad thing about it is that most <laughs> sad because the fighters don't know any better. Right. They don't know the coaches, you know, and I said this, I got, I, I probably, I, yeah, I think I, I, I created a couple of fires and I said this, I'm like, that's sad when, when your fighters know more than you as a coach. <laughs> Man, boy, sure, I got texts, I got instant messages on Facebook, and I got some comments on there, I'm like, man, I what, just. What you just said is exactly why there's no such thing as busy work in a boxing gym. If you're doing busy work, you may be in the wrong place because you can never you you can never stop refining uh, fundamentals. Uh, whatever whatever you feel that is because uh, <clears throat> all those things have have to uh, has to be in practice constantly. Constantly is why we do things in boxing a million times until your body feels like that's the only way it's ever done it, right? But I seen a shout out to Bobby and 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 and, and Regis. I seen a video he posted the other day, uh, walking the line. He said he said, uh, "Oh yeah, we never stopped the fundamental." He world yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, I, it made me smile. I said, yep. "You got there." Right. I saw that. I saw that today. I'm like, man, okay. So, that's, that's, but, but but Bobby Bobby Benson. And and uh, he comes from you know um, him and his dad. His dad. They come from a long line of. Um, I mean, they picked up a lot during the years. I'm talking about. They've been around. They have been around the best boxing coaches in the world. They've been around them. Yeah. So they know um, what they're doing, you know. But of course, it don't matter if you're a good teacher. If you got, if you got, there's there's more good teachers than there is good students. Hmm. You never heard that one. And right? you say, and you said it's fifty-fifty on the teachers. No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, because you have guys that are like Regis, for example. He's a freak. Like he, he like a like a different version of, of a Roy Jones. He does different. And you know, I just saw a post. He put out a post uh, yesterday where he said, he, he, even a world champion doing the basics. He was walking the line. Yeah, because because him. I think for a champion... He's I'm, a student gonna, of the game. He's a student him, of the arts, not the I, game. I'm going to give him kudos for that because um, we need more champions talking like Regis, saying, being the I'm example. the champion, being the example. Still doing and, the basics. And I'm still doing the fundamentals, yeah. which is not what's being spread right now. But hey, we all need opponents. You know, like we, all need opponents. Opponents. we all need opponents. The world needs opponents, man. Right, man. I tell you, you know I'm proud of the boy because I, I remember watching him as an amateur and... and, and and being from New Orleans, uh, 
I love watching him, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, he sure did come. Yeah. 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 So, I, man, I love everything about what they're doing. Over there. Hopefully, hopefully we get Bobby in over here and, and, and I'll try to get him, too. That, that one statement, you know, even world champions yep. have sharpened the fundamentals because it, it's so important, man. It's, My it, coach. It's so important. These kids, you know, I, I've had guys come in here, and I really hate taking people over. I just do because it's a process. But they come over here and they like, man, I'm trying to do something. Okay, you told your coach? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking for, okay, man. man, but I like doing this and I like doing that. Whatever they like doing, I tell them I don't like doing it. <laughs> because I'm not, you know, that's not even in my makeup to come cater to you. I'm going to make sure we win. That's my job. Yep. And I don't, who needs that headache, man? You know, my coach don't like hitting the mitts, so my coach wants me to do this, or I don't do enough sport. How my the fuck do you know what you're supposed to do, man? <laughs> you the kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You the kid, man. Yeah, let me see you beat up that bag right. Can you do that? That's, yeah. that, that, that's, that's, yeah, the champ said something heavy when he said that, man. You got to constantly be on your fundamentals. You got to be constantly defensive, responsible. That's what, that's what we grew up on. I mean, our coach was like constantly, like, I mean, he would leave me. I'll, I'll tell everybody. I did my jab for at least a whole month, at least, just a jab. So how long? How long was your amateur career? Six years. Six years. Yeah. What all did you accomplish in that time? Like I said earlier, my coach had a job, full time job, and he had a big family, so he had to. He wasn't able to travel like like I do, but I was able to win silver gloves and regional golden gloves. Nice. I went to state one time. I lost in the finals to a southpaw. You remember him? To yeah, the Southpaw. And uh, because of lack of experience. I think he was from Corpus or San Antonio. Because of lack of, because of lack of experience. But at the age of 18, I told Pops, I'm like, his name is Pops, a.k.a. Furman Richards. But I said, Pops, I'm going to go pro. I was like 17. I'm like, son, you know, you're, you're only 17 right now. What was your motivation behind that? I just wanted to get in the mix. Yeah. I wanted to be a world champion, you know? Um... So, but the thing about me is like, the reason people still know me is because, because I had to make a decision to not let go of my coach. And um, if I wanted to go longer in my career, I'd have to make some adjustments. And most, and you hear around the boxing world, most fighters will leave their coach, their original coach, to go somewhere else and continue their career to make that money. I was in that spot. But I decided not to betray him. I'm so no. someone came up to you, a promoter or a promotion company, and said, hey. Just many people. Oh, okay. Many many people over the years, many came over to me and asked me, hey, we can do this, but you got to let him go. I'm like, I'm sorry. So out of 45 years, my coach had guys that were way more talented than me. I was talented, but man, some guys, I'm like, damn. But there's one ability that I had over everybody. Loyalty. Loyalty. That's it, loyalty. Because because loyalty makes you believe in your coach. If you don't believe in your coach, you shouldn't even be boxing hmm. for anybody. Even if he's the worst coach, you're better off. And I tell this to everybody: you're better off sticking with one coach, even if he's a bad coach, than going around to different coaches. Because sooner or later, someone's gonna get messed up there. You might you're gonna run into the wrong coach. They're, every coach has a different way of teaching, right? Nobody has, nobody has That's what, for example, Coach Collinsworth. He can take somebody, start him up, then they decide to take off, 
and then they come back and things are not the same. And that happens to every coach, huh? They're all fucked up. They're all, they, they, they might, they, they'll learn more experience, and this is just to all coaches. They'll learn more experience, they'll have more experiences, but you're better off sticking with one coach. That's just my opinion. Even if, if you don't, you can start with the coach and end with the coach, because a lot of times, coaches want to make, they want you to fight just like they fight. Mm. And that is wrong. But that goes into lack of ex- in their inexperience. I tell people like this, don't steal this one. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, coach, they're, I mean, I've had tons of them. Hey, coach, uh, man, I got this my fight, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, I left my coach for this reason, blah, blah. Okay, cool. I said, look, I'm not going to start you over. I'm going to upgrade your style. I'm just going to touch you up. I'm not going to try to give you my style. I'm not going to try to start you all the way to the back. Like my beginners, because that would mess them up. Yeah. But a lot of coaches, a lot of silly rabbits, they start going off of how they, their experiences with their coach. Because you got because when you start coaching, everybody's built different. Everybody has different abilities. You cannot <clears throat> apply the same technique to everybody. You got to make adjustments. You got to figure it out like, oh damn, well, this guy has broad shoulders. This guy has an arm. A short arm like Bush, Bush Bill. Do y'all know about Bush Bill? Okay. <laughs> you know, so we have to compensate with the right hand. No, uh, that's what they call me around here. You know, I told him. I, to, I, I was just telling one of my guys. It's funny this week. I said, you know, <clears throat> they said, Coach, man, this particular guy, you know, man, he looks at why. Why you ain't showed me this? And, that? And, and, and it's for the same reason. I said, listen, man. I don't believe in assembly line coaching. I don't believe in cookie coat, cookie cutting stamp coaching because <laughs> because for this reason. And, and and this was my best my best uh, metaphor for this. If Tommy Hearns would have walked into the Catskills and asked Custom Mata to train him, we wouldn't know Tommy Hearns. There no. would be no Tommy Hearns no. because had he had he had to try to make him a, 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 a peekaboo. At six foot, six foot one, 147 pounds, he probably got his ass whooped. And so, what's your stature? What's your frame? What's your? I, we give you a fun. I, this is fundamentally where you need to be. Now let's put your body where it needs to be. Let's let's use your uh, length or lack thereof or whatever the case may be. Because again, if Tommy Hearns would have walked into Customizer's gym, we wouldn't know it. You know, so. You know, we got to give each one of these kids. So, so when, so when a fighter does come to you, I have one now. I was asked as a favor, take him over, right? Dang! I didn't, I didn't break him. I didn't break him all the way down. I kept what he does, and and tried to sharpen what what he didn't do, in my opinion. So, yeah, that that assembly line. We don't. We're not. We're not Buicks. You don't put the car, uh, the hood on the same way that. The, the doors on the same way the, you can't do that man uh, otherwise you're limited because what happens is a coach ends up looking for the fighters that fit him mm-hmm. right rather than uh, uh, fitting a style to a fight right right no I mean that's that's goes back to to experience mm-hmm. and understanding your craft you know um Everyone's built differently, you know, and you have to adjust your coaching 
to their abilities. A guy told me me the other day, Serge, he said, uh, well, I was told slip every time I throw the jab, and then I was told to slip twice every time I throw a hook. I said, really? Slip twice every time. Right? Uh, I said, really? I said, so show me. And, you know, he threw a a mock jab and slipped, and he threw a hook and did two times. I said, well, then I'm going to wait till you slip. That second time, and I'm going to knock your ass out. (laughs) Because you're telling me what you're going to do. And if you put that into practice, and a a keen eye coach, that's that's all we do is look for tails. It's like a poker game, right? Yep. I'm looking at you. You know, I know what my kid can do. I'm looking at you. I'm looking for habits. When my kid comes back, I feel this. After that first round, my kid ought to be able to come back and tell me what I see. Coach, I see this, this, and that, like, right? Yep. And then the rest is me taking care of him, cooling him down, make sure he stays calm. And then we go back and execute. You know, slip once and then slip it. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah. Are you serious? Okay, yeah, go ahead and do that and watch what happens to you. I don't think we should do the cookie cutter thing. Now, people do it and people have been successful doing it, right? Till, Till you meet match up wrong, yeah. you know. Uh, everybody can be beat, but tell me about how you got to that title, man. And then, uh, oh shoot, man, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I told y'all this podcast. Once we get to talking, man, okay, so it just it, 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 it records itself. Freestyling <laughs> is the best style to me. Look, so I started at the age of twelve, and the age of twenty-four, I became the NABF champion. The, this how it happened. Um, What's the math of that? Twelve years. From 12 to 24, I conquered what I, what everybody doubted. Even there were so many people that doubted. What I, I told them, I'm gonna be a champion one day. You watch, like, oh, they used to tap me on my shoulder, like, okay. <laughs> like they literally would tap me on my shoulder, and be like, okay, just keep on believing that. Anyway, so before I, before I got ranked, I had to sell tickets. I sold tickets for about a, for about a good two years. At three years, I, I had it packed. So there, my name was already out there, right? As far as Houston, and I didn't have to um, sell any more tickets. I just had to uh, fight. But here's the thing that happened. So this is how I got my belt. I fought this guy. I think it was somewhere in Mississippi. I think it was Biloxi, Mississippi. No, hold on. What happened? The casino was down there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I went yeah. Poncha Train or yeah. Biloxi. It was probably Poncha Train where I fought this guy named Ricardo Medina. He was a 50-50 fighter. 50 wins, 50 losses. Those are the most dangerous fighters you can yeah, fight. Man. The most dangerous. Because you fuck around and know how to win. They know how to, <laughs> no, they know how to win. Right, right. And they're, they, they're, they're not afraid of anything. It could be the last second of the 12th round and they can knock you out. Seriously. So, I didn't know who he was. I just, and I don't like to, I didn't like to do research. My, my coach did all that. I don't like to do research. I can't, I'm just positive. Tell me. Line them up. I agree with that. I want yeah, my fighter to focus it's dumb. on training. Yeah, don't worry about that. You, you know, just trust me. Trust that you did your work, and it's going to win. That's it. That's that's the formula. So, so I fought this guy named Ricardo Medina. Man, that's when I started doing. That was my first ten round fight. Man, I walked. I walked to. I came back from that fight. I won that fight. It was a. It was ten rounds. I promise you, it was like identical of Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti. Mm. If you watch that fight, it was identical to that. Blow for blow. I was bleeding. I'm talking about he was bleeding, but it was from my blood. 
<laughs> because what happened is he had a big old pecan head. It looked like it looked like uh, like freaking Jupiter. Like I was finding it, it looked like it was a heavyweight head on the on the um, on the junior featherweight body. Think about that. And I put Mike Tyson's head on on the little nine year old. He could take a punch. Oh, he could, pff, man. Anyway, so his head was his forehead was like this, like this battery right here, just big. But anyway, so we fought. That was the first time I ever peed blood. Damn. I was like, damn. But I didn't know. While I was fighting, I'm like, man, man, my mouth was bleeding. We were like Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatti. You guys picture that fight. It was identical. It's just David Donald and Ricardo Martina, right? We, had, we were head to head. We were like Rams, like two Rams going at it. But punching. Yeah, on the inside the, the whole time? The whole time. It was an inside war. I mean, box, I, mean I like to do both. I do both. But I, but I could keep this boy off me. I'm like, I was like, damn, what are I doing? And Pop, my coach, would say, son, get in there. Get in the trenches. Get in his get in his trunks and work. I'm like, okay. I knew what that meant. So I'm like, okay, this Bob, well, he won't let me box. I got to get in here. Me, the mentality I had is pushing back while punching. It was an even fight. But the difference was that I was pushing him back while gunning. I was getting hit while gunning forward, too. Mm-hmm. I, man, I... I, I was hit more in that one fight than I've been hit in my whole career. Okay. And then check this out. So I beat him, right? That's when I started getting ranked. I beat him. This mother effer, like about a month later, he goes out and knocks out the NABF champ. Mm-hmm. Oh. Knocks him out. Stops him. And then Bill Benson, was, which was my matchmaker that time, he goes, hey, Dave, guess what happened? I'm like, what happened, man? Hey, you want, you want that rematch? I'm like, what do we do? <laughs> With our company. Fuck no, I don't want to carry me. I told him that. Just for a title. Well, shit. Ricardo Medina, you already beat him once. I'm like, Bill. Did you see the fight? Bill, that was a. To, man, I peed blood. blood. Yeah, I peed blood. And, and then, and then uh, I was like, uh, man, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, talk to my coach, you know, whatever. You know, so they talked about it. Got the, a month later. I. 12 rounds this time. First one was 10, 12 rounds. I, I didn't bleed this time. But it was, uh, man. It was another rough one? It was, oh, hell yeah. Every time with him, oh, I did pee blood with him. I didn't, I didn't squirt blood, but I peed blood the second one. Uh-huh. I think the first one I peed blood because there was so much blood coming in that it went to my mouth and I just peed it out, you know? I was like, what the God, never happened to me. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, I came looking there, we watched that series, um, um, Martin and he fought that's what I looked like just like that I was knocked at the window I was like this it was like about 3 o'clock in the morning and my wife went out there she poked she like ah screamed lumped up I'm like baby it's me I was looking just like Martin and she was looking like Gina (laughs) she was like oh she was like oh man it was was not man I looked like man it was it was great I looked them dogs that they get hit on the, you know, on the street, and then it just die, and they blow up. That's what it looked like. The it second was, fight, uh, it went the distance. Oh yeah, with that dude, yeah. It was rough, huh? That how many times styles make fights, man? And sometimes you just match up. Yeah. He's the anti to your pro, and pro to his anti. So person. thank God. That was a rough one. So thank God, I knew how to fight outside and inside. Cause most of my fights I won just my jab. So you won. So you, you you won the title on that fight. Yeah, I took it from him. So I beat him the month before. Then he knocks out the champ, and then you came I back and got take it. Take from him, and then I defended it three more times. Three more times against the, two. 
Oh, uh, shoot, okay. There's this guy named Devin Thapa. Devin Thapa, he was from, he was like Nepal. Asian. Nepal. Yeah, he was from Nepal. Nepal. Remind me, like, he fought like Manny. See, that's the other thing. We're supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao, too, but that's a whole nother story. A whole nother episode. We're getting ready for him because he was Southpaw, but that's, so anyway, so Devin Thapa. But uh, you defended him three times. What? Was it Adele Ruiz? Adele Ruiz, no. and there was this guy, this black guy in back in Biloxi, Mississippi, was a uh, dude. Uh, Trumbull. No, not Trumbull. <clears throat> it was uh, Rodney something. Stephen Trumbull, you talking about? No. Out of New Orleans? Yeah, I bought no, him no, before, no. too. I bought him down here at the Astro Arena. I beat him with one hand. How long did you hold on to the title? I defended three, it three, three, three times. times. Nobody took it from me. I just retired. Oh, okay. So I retired because I... Huh? Yeah, so yeah, yeah I retired. Man, every, every American world champ had the NABF title, man. You, I hate that you didn't... Uh, it's... It, it's a very prestigious bill, but it's not as um, they don't have it as um, like I'm saying. It's on your way to that world yeah. title. You you pick that one up, and that's when the world rankings are saying, "Hey, this yeah. guy is yeah. ready to make a move." So yeah. I close. hate that. I hate that. Yeah, man. I just didn't have the right connections. I, I worked full time. I had three girls. Um, that's they, another thing you were telling me. You did all that while working. Full time, man. I, that's that's dedication. Uh, that's why. I tell, that's why I don't take no crap from any fighters that tell me they can't make it a gym because they they worked an hour over or. Oh, it's just a different culture. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, like, you know, yeah, you, you, that's exactly what it is. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something I, I've never told you. One day, when I first came to Houston and, and, and opened a gym, I, my first, the first guy I ever met here in boxing was Bobby. Bob Vincent? Yeah, because my cousin, Bobby. my cousin, who went on to fight pro and, and, and did the Del Hoya TV show and all that, he had a deal with uh, this guy named uh, Annabeth Goodman for the Kingfish Boxer, John Goodman's wife, she was yeah. And uh, I moved here in, I want to say 2000, and uh, they, they took him out of New York. They had to get him out the city to train. And they had him down here on the high ride somewhere. Who's he, your cousin? Jimmy. Jimmy Mintz. His claim to fame was that, well, my uncle, but Delahoya's next great champ, TV show. He beat the oh. guy who won it and all that. But So he calls me up. I moved here. I wasn't fooling with boxing. And he goes, cuz, I'm in Houston, man. I said, what you doing in Houston, bro? I'm, they, they got me out of the city, so I'll train. I said, okay. He said, but I don't know none of these people, man. Come down here with me in, in the gym, you know, and let's work out with them. I said, all right, bro. I went down there. I don't believe, was Maine a different place than it okay. is now? No, yeah, Maine was different. Yeah. They had different locations. Actually, Maine been, you know what? I, I said they, earlier. They, it was Heights, and then they went and opened a gym. I don't know if that one was the one that burned down. This place was like a lone building. Yeah, and and it ain't the gym that's there today. No, but no, it was no, near no. downtown. So yeah, they had the place. I remember the I remember the gym because um, Bill Bill Benson in the Heights. I know Bill has had Main Street for quite a while now. Now that I remember, I don't know if it was around the same time as as um, the Heights, but I'm pretty sure it was either right around that right when it started, or maybe a couple years later. I'm not too sure of that, but I do remember him being in downtown. It was a uh, it was on the second floor. It was a hot box in there, man. The same floor with escalators going up. So he calls me, so I come down there and uh, she had there, bro. Oh, you went to the one over there by uh, 
That's where that burnt, the, the building burnt down. Was it off of Shenavert or... It might have been. It was in downtown. Know, but I He's got all of them in downtown, if I'm correct. <clears throat> it's down there in the same area. So I went down there and uh, they had dad brought uh, uh, the ex heavyweight champ, Tony Tubbs, the Burgess Corner. And Tony who? Tony Tubbs. He fought. I think he lost to Tyson, but he beat, yeah. he beat uh, who he beat? Wasn't he the title? Tucker, man. He was a great fighter and, 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 and sitting there talking to him. And he was a Midwest guy. He yeah. knew boxing. He knew boxing. So we down there and. Uh, I mean, by this, I don't know what year it is, but whatever year, Lennox Lewis fought Klitschko. Yeah. Because I watched it by Bobby's house. That's when I met all of them. My cousin died shortly after that, maybe two years. But that was my first foray, Houston boxing. And then, and I think about 2006 or seven, I opened a gym in Missouri City in Stafford. Stafford. Over there. Shit, met you. Yeah, Shortly after saying. that, so I've been knowing you for years now. Man, you've been knowing me, yeah, for. But that—that that was my. That was the first person I met here, and then uh, uh, opened that gym, and then won everything. Most of everything we went into the, the, the Golden Gloves was on the east side at the uh, Pasadena uh, or somewhere. Yeah. yeah, somewhere way out there, Hispanic area. Yeah, uh, nice crowd, of course. Two rain. It was it was nice, man, but. Uh, I've been, yeah, I've been here in boxing in, in Houston for a while now, a long time. And then, I don't know how we met, I can't remember. Um, I want to say I recognize you from... Yeah, no, that's a good one, hold up. You fought on, I've seen some of your fights. Some of your fights was on ESPN. Yeah, I did, I did ESPN one time. Um, I did a couple, it's Fox Sports. Um, I did a couple of them, um, HBO. Well, I remember you did some of the Kingfish uh, probably so yeah, yeah. That's probably it was Annabeth. Annabeth. Yeah. Hey, it was Annabeth. Because back then she had uh what's that boy that punked out to Mike Tyson? She was involved with him too. Got out of prison and, and, and he got a shot and then went back to prison. He was out of Lafayette or something. I can't remember his name, but yeah, man, she had a nice gym over there in New Orleans, man. Oh, um Annabeth Goodman? Yeah. Goodman. Yeah. yeah. I but, but I think Bill Benton, I think Bill Benton was the matchmaker and all that stuff they was using. Yeah. That's why probably how we all got tired. Yeah, in Bill Benton life. was, that's what I'm saying, Bobby grew up around <coughs> Bill Benton and, and Bill Benton taught Bobby a lot. So he did. Yeah, he was boxing, man. That, that, when, when I was around there, uh, they have uh, Lou Sabarese out there too, who's been, you know, around boxing. Which I think he was fighting. Yeah, he was, he was fighting. <coughs> so yeah, I mean that—that's one thing about the they, They've always been around boxing. They've been around, yeah. They're they're they're, they're deep in. in so you're you're younger than your brother, right? Yeah, you're younger. And so, what was your role in all of this? Is he doing his amateur career, pro career? What, oh, what yeah. was going on with you? Yeah. Well, what was going on with me? I, I actually started boxing at ten, uh, same coach and everything, and uh, I stopped I within three before. months. Within three months. You know, I, I went into I went into like breakdancing and stuff like that, right? And uh, but I always had this, you know, I always wanted to box too. But long story short, me and my dad were just clashing heads, right? And um, you, you the sensible one. No, 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 no. You the scatterbrain. He, he's the no, one you no, can no, talk no, to. No, no, wrong. Him beef? No, no. My dad is same typical Hispanic father. You be a man, and you gotta know how to fight. You gotta, you know, this, this, and that. And 
And you wanted so the booger I, I wanted Pops to be the coach and not my dad, right? Oh, okay. So, okay, okay. so it was that type of thing. But, you know, when I was but old enough. he's the hot-tempered one. <clears throat> when I was old enough. Yeah, I am the hot-tempered one. When I was old enough. He's several knees around his wife, boy. Man. There we go. Can't man. So, <laughs> my wife said no. I said, you see what I said? That? The can't man. God damn. So, um, we all got him. So, when I was about 16 and 17, I um, had a car and then I just started going to the gym. So I started meeting up David at the gym and Pops was like, you're back. And, you know, he started smiling and I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, son, let's get in. Um, you know, so, you know, started right back from square one, worked on uh, fundamentals for about a year. He had me again on, on the jab yeah. for, for months. For a while. Um, and just so footwork, just, just like just cleaning me up and... He also did that to test you. If you couldn't handle two or three months of doing the same thing, are you out of here? Pop, pops would do this too. I he would, he would I say, this is this is what I want you to do. And you were expected to do it. And he wouldn't come to the gym every day. Did oh, you think about did that you, for a second. Did, yeah. did you get bored doing the same thing over and over again for two months? Of you course know, he I, did. Was, but sticking to it is something different. You know, I don't want to... I don't want to say uh, I'm a perfectionist. So if you're a perfectionist, you're like always trying to make something better, right? Or, or perfect. Doesn't bother. So I, for me, it was like a natural. It was okay. I, I wasn't like, uh, man, I hate this, you know? Because you know, the more I perfected things, he showed me some things, and then within a year, you know, he had me, you know, competing. You know, I didn't have a lot of fights as an amateur. I think I had seven fights, seven but I won Golden Gloves. He became a hell of a fighter. Like, he he was, like was a way fighter. I was 132. And, uh, man, we see, the thing is, we we always sparred pros. I was always sparring my brother. You know, I was his sparring partner. We had another guy named Stacy who joined us, too. And it was really, like, us three boxing. It, it was, it, boxing was fun back then. I, I, after about, I want to say a few, maybe four or five years of amateur boxing, I did. I turned pro, had a few fights, and then I just hung up the gloves. After that, I was two and one as a, as a fighter. Oh, okay. pro you know, just being around the sport from ten, and then just being there, man. It, it you guys know, boxing is addicting. You know what I mean? You can't ever say you can't ever really say if you love boxing, you can't really say you're away from it. Even when when I was ten and I was a, you know, was away from it, I really wasn't. I was always like studying. You know, David will tell you. Like, well, you look at fights different. Too. Yeah, that boy, he oh, yeah. was not I'm, saying. I'm a student. Like, he would record every fight. I, I, I'm talking every about, fight. I would go back and, and if if I knew that something was going to be on TV and, you know, it was v, you know, VHS, I'm putting it on record and I'm leaving and I'm watching it on the way back. So, I mean, I'm a, you know, I study fighters. I, I've been studying, like, you know, Charlie <coughs> Burley, Ray Robinson, all Ooh. these guys, you know. Burley, that's Johnson. something you don't hear people say. Right. Jack Johnson, um, just, man, all, all the great fighters, man. Joe Lewis, you know, you got to go back, uh, you know, and, and look at how boxing kind of developed to kind of understand what your coach is talking about, you know. And uh, for me, that's how I approach boxing. And, you know, my decision when, when I stopped boxing was really more about longevity. I was like, Going to school, just like my brother, I was going to school. I had a job, and I was boxing. At and he also loved to dance too, so it, it was kind of in the in the heart's choice because he he yeah, wants to well, dance. I, 
What age did you retire at? I was in my mid-twenties, but I was, uh, I was finishing up my bachelor's degree, and I was like, you know, I don't think, not a lot of people know this, but I have one good eye, and it wasn't because of boxing, it was, you know, I have a, a lazy eye, it's called amplioblia, mm -hmm. and basically, uh, it's, it's where you're, you know, you have to cover your, your, your good eye and let the other eye get strengthened, get, get strengthened. Yeah. and that never happened when I was little, oh. um, so... My thought was like, you know, I love this sport. I'm really good at it. If something ever happens to me, I can't ever really finish, you know, school or even, you know, go to work. You know, if something happens to my right eye. Disabled, yeah. So it was like, it was a thought. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to step away from it. Yeah, it's so, almost a no-brainer. Right. It's a wise decision at the end. You need right. your eyes, man. Yeah, but now, man, I'm I'm happy I got have a you know great career. Went back back to school, got another degree, and but, you're still able to get in the gym with your brother, teach these kids how to fight. Oh yeah, and tell then, us about that gym. Tell us about Donna's Boxing Gym. You guys have all these years of experience, pro fighter, pro fighter champions, uh, great amateur career. What's your message? I just, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> what, a message for okay. What message to to who for the fighters? For fighters. Yeah, for fighters. Okay. This is the biggest... Well, it's going to be a long message. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Never give up on your dream when other, people's, when other people don't believe in your dream. And always stick with one coach, not multiple coaches. And that's my... That's just it. Period. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, man. When, 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 when we... The wife and I got this house in Katy and we moved uh, out here and I got tired of driving to the gym. <clears throat> I kind of went in with David for a while. I always hear him. I met, I met Pops one time at one of them, uh, at one of the tournaments. Mm -hmm. Out there, I believe, the Denver Harbor area. We were sitting out talking and, and uh, cause uh, David and I, boxing couldn't be more different. But at the same time, <clears throat> I remember we were sitting there talking and he was explaining, which I'm not going to say on, 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 to nobody, how his trainer prepared him to fight southpaws, right? And I'm sitting there going, how the oh. fuck does he know this, right? Because that's basically how we learn, right? Yeah. How the fuck does this guy know this? He ain't supposed to know this. You, you hear me say that all the time in the gym. I'm like, man, a lot of them Eastern European fighters, I'm seeing them do things now. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, how the fuck do they know that, man? They shouldn't know that. And, and when David, I said, okay, all right. So then I had to kind of like, eh, this motherfucker knows it. You know, regardless regardless of being a great fighter or whatever, or winning the title. He didn't know much about me at first. He's like, what the hell? Yeah, and, and, and when yeah, he explained that shit, I said, hmm, nah, nah, okay. Every time I was going the opposite way. Of, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to tell nobody how to Yeah, yeah. They don't give me a problem about. either. <laughs> yeah, that, the yeah, only thing I'll say it. is, you know, you're looking in the mirror. It's, it, 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 it's amazing, but, but you know, but you know, the 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 uh, bastardized way of fighting is is, is a certain way, and, and it's like uh, that's when I knew. I said, man, they got fighters, and it wasn't arrogance because Houston is such a fight town, you know, more so than we are now. But see, in in the sixties, seventies, eighties, New Orleans was, you know, since since boxing, New Orleans been a fight town up until. 
I'd say the late '90s to now. But Houston is, is steeped in boxing, man, and 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 there's so many. I would agree with you. I think it's a lot of great trainers in Houston. Yeah, a lot of great trainers. It's just, it's just that these, these, these well, any, knuckleheads like to pop their head up. And make dude, anywhere anywhere that's great, anything that's going to be uh, yeah. a, a, a underclass of people trying to. I said one time, cause I don't go to the meetings and all that shit, man. Because uh, it seemed to be a lot of lot of girl shit there too. But yeah. I said, I, I said, man, what's wrong with having a uh, apprenticeship program, some kind of? Oh man. So then th- we tried that and da da. Oh no, man. That's the end of my. That's the end of my uh, uh, opinion. It's yeah, the man angle. It's just the man angle. just. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I tell you what, man. We we love that you guys are. Uh, out here on the west side of Houston, you guys been out here for how long now? Man, west side. I well, <laughs> I started uh, started. We started the big gym was over there. What about oh seven oh eight? I'm gonna say at least two thousand ten or something. Hey, look, look at this, guys. For real, this this how big I, uh, I believe in my dream and my, my dreams, both my boxing and what I'm doing now. In two thousand seven, I um I, I started in um but right here. It, it used to be called West End, West End. And which I call Amber. Shout out to West End. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Ray, you know, Ray Zaragoza. Ray Zaragoza. And um, I started here because I retired at, I retired at 29. It's a part that I, I don't tell. Well, I tell certain people, but I retired at the age of 29. You're going to tell the world now. Huh? You're telling the world now. <laughs> uh, okay. I want the world to, I want the world to hear things that, you know, that can... Um, that can make them, you know, make choices, you know, whatever they're going to do. If they have a dream, it's got to be a, it's got to be a realistic dream. Like, I'm not going to say, hey, I have a dream to go uh, be an astronaut because I know I'm not going to do that. That's, anyway, so the thing is this, that I started my gym in 2007 because when I retired at 29, I went through it like a series. I, went, I got suicidal. Like, I, I was ready. a big impression. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready to uh, move. Most athletes, man. Most athletes, bro. Man. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember uh, when when David uh, stopped boxing, he uh, he was uh, he was uh, depressed, you know. And what do you, know, you do? What so, do you do now? So, so the first thing I said is, "Hey, uh, David." I was like, "What's you know?" You, Boxing is an addictive sport. Remember we said that? So when you have an addiction, you're going to go through withdrawals. And that's what you're going through right now. You can't just stop boxing cold turkey. You need to go out there and at least grab a student or somebody. Be around it. Be around it. Be involved. That will still keep you you connected. So then, um, man, next thing I know, he's calling me. He's like, hey, Serge. Man, guess what? I think I, I might have I, I might have a, a an opportunity. Man, um, I talked to so and so, and then how'd that work out, David? Well, they got my with yeah, when, yeah. yeah when oh, well, before that, okay, well, yeah. I mean, but before that, I, I was uh, I was at, I used to work for Jeff Morgan Chase. I worked there for about seven or eight years, and I was one day, man, I was just like typing. This is how Sanjay came up, Amber. I was typing in. And then uh, one of the one of the contracts, I saw Amber Sporting Goods, Sanjay, and said boxing. When the boxing popped up, man, I broke down. I started crying. Like what the hell? I'm in the middle of like, you know how big those floors are? Where like hundreds. You follow me. <laughs> you follow like, me. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! I mean, just freaking tears just start coming down. I'm like, oh damn. 
they're like, David, what's wrong? They don't know me like that. They're what's wrong, David? Oh, man, y'all won't understand. It's a, it's a long story. But so I ended up getting in contact with eight, um, Sanjay. I came by. I'm like, hey, man, you know, like I'm trying to do something like on the weekends, maybe during the week, you know. But I don't know yet because I'm worried in chase. And this is real stuff. I mean, it's real. I'm not going to say no face stuff, but I said, can you give me a place? We worked out some numbers. You know, I was doing it. And then for two weeks, people started, I put a listing on 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 Yahoo. It was a local, it was Yahoo local. It was free. Okay. Guess what? I put my little, little resume with a hand on me. And, um, people were calling me while I was in my job. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta call y'all back. I gotta, I'm gonna call y'all back. I started writing down the list of people. I'm like, damn, this is 300 here, 300 here, 300 here. I'm like, I told everybody, give me two weeks. I'm going to make a decision if I'm going to let my go on my job. And that's when everything went doom down. Two weeks later, that day, I called my wife. I'm like, give me two weeks. Give me two weeks later. I'm quitting my job. What, David? Our insurance, everything. I'm like, I'm doing it. I can't handle this no more. I got to be around boxing. I let everything go cold turkey. So I started here. Started here. Um, and five years later, it's around the time we, we met around the time I was away. No, uh, we met at 529. Started here, five years later, lost everything house, cars, and almost my wife. And I told her, hey, if you gotta leave, you gotta leave. She was bluffing, but she told me, hey, if you don't do something, I'm gonna go. I'm like, you know, she's still saying that shit to the because of freaking boxing. Because of boxing. That, that, so, that'll be a nice shirt because of boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife left me because yeah. of boxing. <laughs> But that's a good one. Nobody's gonna buy it, but everybody thinks <laughs> yeah. No, all the coaches, I guarantee all the coaches will buy it. I guarantee the coaches will buy it. That's pretty much it, you know. Um it, it was a real hard it was a real hard thing to do. And that's how my, my gym was developed. At first, oh no, but it got crazy because at first it was pound for pound fitness. Then I changed to Lone Star Hitters. Lone Star Hitters. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing, man? Why don't I just name it with my Name, right. what has name, what has uh, you know, the brand right recognition, yeah, it's history, man. Yeah, but the thing that we pretty much summed up David, a lot David Donna's Boxing Academy on West Little York. What are your hours? What are your days? Um, I'm open Monday, since where I do it different. I'm open Monday through Wednesday for the regular population of fighters, and then Thursdays I have private classes, and sometimes Fridays, competition time, we you know, hours are adjustable. But Monday through Wednesday for regular people, and then Thursdays for privates. Well, y'all go check him out. He's on the west side of Houston. Follow him on Facebook, Instagram. He's got a great program over there. Got a great team. We love having him out here on the west side. We're connected. I found out this story from from Sanjay. Sanjay was talking. Me and Sanjay were talking. uh, Sanjay over from Amber Sports. Shout out. I'm sure he's going to be a sponsor soon of the show. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah. He told me, uh, you know. He's connected to all these boxing gyms. He, he everybody he's is. West End. He's guys, when I first opened my, my gym here, I found him. I went and bought everything. Sanjay has good products, good prices. And he's a good person. He's really they all good. Hey, and it is quality stuff, man. Yeah. I still use his mitts mm-hmm. more than the, 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 the punch mitts. Mm-hmm. That's my. I can't find anybody to, uh, the, the give and take mitts that I like other than his. Well, before we wrap up the show, we got uh, we got some predictions to make this Saturday night here in Texas. We have uh, 
Who we have going out? Ko- Kovalev and Kovalev. Alvarez rematch. Kovalev got stopped. First time out. This 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 Alvarez kid, he won a medal in the in the, in the Olympics. I don't know if it was good. I can't remember. Actually, he came out of nowhere and he stopped uh, Kovalev late. They're rematching tonight. And uh, is that Lopez guy fighting? Tiafomo uh, Lopez fighting on the undercard? Oh, that guy can fight too. Yeah, they pushing him too. He's getting a buzz and he's knocking everybody to the What's fuck out. What's his name? Tiafomo Lopez. He's the guy who hit that. He's Central American. He hit that white kid and he froze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. The, the lightweights, dudes, ten round lightweight. Fight. The little dudes are taking over. They are taking. They have taken over the sport. Yeah. Because the big boys, the big heavyweights, they're playing football now. Basketball. Just, yeah, they are. going for that it's money. A, it's a hard sport. But now, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But I don't know. Vegas I, got Vegas got uh, Alvarez to win. I don't I, know. I got him winning. I mean. I didn't even know who the guy was. I'm not gonna lie. Very uh, awkward guy. Very awkward. Who can um, you count out Kovalev? He, he he knocked him out. Because he was yeah. winning. But he was winning. The, he was winning the fight. You know, if, he was winning if you the go fight. back and pay attention, because <clears throat> Kovalev had just went and got his old Russian trainer back, and he was trying to prove something. Going forward, going far. He was eating shots, man. A lot. He just was eating shots accumulatively. Uh, over the over the span of the fight, that even I wasn't paying attention because I was half-ass paying attention to the fight, and I said Kovalev's gonna get you. I, I'm a, I was a fan, and then I heard something on the podcast. <laughs> I heard something on the podcast. I'm not a fan no more. A personal thing, yeah. but he kept coming forward at a at a dip, but he got reckless reaching, and that, that kid just kept countering him, kept countering him, and he finally gave in. You know? Yeah, that's what I saw too. I saw. I, I was a fan too. He was a proper boxer. That's yeah, what I he like was a proper about boxer. Him. He had really, really nice power and, and fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, he was just cleaning up that division. And then he met up with this guy, and uh, I didn't know who this guy was. Never heard and, of him. And when, as I'm watching this fight, I'm like, man, this this guy yeah. is really something. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I can't remember what round it was, man, but it, it was it, he was just breaking Kolovov. Down. Slowly but surely. Right. It's, it's they fighting in the Ford Center in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, Where's that? Frisco. Uh, uh, I think it's in the Dallas Cowboys Dallas. facilities, yeah. uh, okay. practice facilities. Okay. So Kovalev might be done. And 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 once the fighters start switching training, I'm not saying you shouldn't switch a training if you need something new. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, okay. Let me let me let me. Re- let me redo this, okay? So the only time you should switch to trainer is when you go to a better trainer. When you're going to the next level. But you can't go from a good trainer and then go. You can't go from a, a ninja, a ninja motorcycle and go to a scooter. That makes no sense. Right? Yeah. You yeah. you go from you go from a class trainer. But they do it them to to back to somebody's gonna do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. That, that's not gonna work. But Kovalev, he, he went to McGurk now. You know, is it too little, too late? Who knows? I don't know. So your official prediction. I say, I say, just based on what happened last time, Alvarez knockout in the ninth round. Knockout in the ninth. I don't keep up with this generation of boxing. I'm, I'm, I'm back in the eighties to nineties, mainly nineties because I just can't get with this. I mean, they have some good prospects, but it's not what I grew up seeing. 
Are you going to watch the fight? You going to watch it as a spectator? I mean, more likely, my brother, he watches it. If he, if he sees two crickets fighting, <laughs> if it's pay-per-view, he's going to be like, man, I got this cricket. I'm, like, hey, I'm, I'm the same way. He's going to adult green like cricket. Yeah. You got the brown cricket. Let's <laughs> one thing, one thing, because I'm going to change the subject, maybe we're way over, but uh, um, I didn't like, he liked to study. I didn't like to watch any fights until, I didn't like to study fights at all. I don't know why. Uh, I just did what my coach told me to do. But he just loved it. One last thing, Quentin and uh, Red and uh, Redman, they're fighting on the same card, or are they different emotions? <clears throat> well, it was two different, okay, two yeah. different shows. Yeah, just yeah. two different shows. Two different shows. I like what I call puncher boxing mm-hmm. rather than boxer punches, and Kovalev fit that bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did pick Ward over him, and he gave Ward problems. Yeah, uh, I picked Ward in the rematch because it just styles me fights, but. Usually, no, when when a puncher boxer starts sliding, mm-hmm. it's that scene because they 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 used to sitting there and putting something on their shot. So it would I wouldn't be shocked and amazed if Kovalev knocked this guy out if he yeah. caught him on the end of a punch. Yeah. But usually, like I said, once they start sliding, you know they're hittable now, and uh, and the buttons been pushed. <laughs> it's easy to push it the next time. So probably Alvarez, like you, probably yeah. late. I'm gonna be rooting for Kovalev. Who's well, the dog? Kovalev this time. I'm going for Anderson. Kovalev this time. I like to go for gun dogs. That's I, like, it. I like the comeback that, story. I think that's it this weekend. Yeah. That's the only show, I believe. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about uh, this podcast. Um, first of all, let me commend both you, Manny, and Coach Derek uh, for bringing this to Houston. I don't think um, – I think you, you can look around – and this is a big boxing town. People just don't know about it. And I think this platform is going to showcase what Houston has, the local talent. So I commend you guys and just, you know, having the idea and not just having the idea, but following through and putting this on. I, I see this show, you know, getting bigger and bigger. Oh, we appreciate um, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, and thank you for having us on, too. Yeah, you guys can yeah, be regular. Same here. Same here. Yeah, I need a regular coming in, especially on the big fight. Yeah. On the big yeah, fight we, thing. We can, hey, you never know, man. You get that TV on a while. Yeah. They say you can't show it, but it could play yeah, in the background. Yeah, and we, we can figure it out. And, and yeah. goddamn me, depending on who's calling the fights, yeah, we can give a better there, uh, there, commentary. There, exactly. There's ways around it. Because what they do is they cut off the audio. We can mute it. And people can listen in while they're watching the fight. You know, we commentate. Yeah, man, that's I, I think. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Hold on, I'm leaving this real quick. Who would have ever thought you come from New Orleans, right? Yes. And uh, Chicago, me right? come, and we all, and me come just from Houston. No, I mean, well, I'm not from Houston, but Houston, but, New Orleans, but Chicago. Out. But check this out. New Orleans, about five towns. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy Absolutely. because. I don't know who we're talking. Yeah, I think me and my brother were talking, but on this side of town, we had the number one, number two guys in the nation. Yeah. Two. On this side of town. In Katy. In Katy. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, on the West so- South Town. Oh, yeah, on the same street. Yeah, on the same, same street. street. That's what, wild. What does that tell you? That is wild. But I, I'm going to tell you that my son, the, the ball player, just son of a bitch. Dad, uh, when is that AJ kid fighting again? I said, why? Tyler, I said, why? Man, I, I think he's my favorite amateur fighter. He's a left-hander. He's left-handed. Ah, I, I said, what? 
damn, man, I want to go see him. I said, son, he don't fight for me. Damn, I don't care. Let me know when he's fighting. What the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, good. All right, man, that's good. This is Coach Derek, uh, Sergio Dinas. David Dinas and Manny Fresh signing off for the Soap Boxing Podcast. We are live on location at the Grind Boxing Academy. Today's uh, podcast was brought to you by Smile Unique. Go check them out over at uh, 19355 Katy Freeway Suite 600. Uh, they'll get you right. And, of course, what you're craving. You crave it. We create it. All your Katy.